What is going on, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Family Times podcast here on FantasyAlarm.com. Final episode for the 2020 calendar year, and what a year it has been because this podcast itself was born, and we always love having a good time with all of you. Matt Sells, Justin Fenstrom with you. I am Justin Fenstrom, along with Matt Sells, as always, who has been the co-host. However, going to have a little changing of the guard, it seems like, Mr. Sells, because it seems that the wheel was spinning and spinning and spinning. Mr. Impemba need a little breather. So you know what that means. In comes Ryan Hallam by popular demand. Don't tell Malin. Ryan Hallam comes in and he's going to be hanging with us for at least the next few episodes. And that is just awesome. Cells, how's everything? Uh, things are good here. Um, we got some snow on the ground to bring in uh, New Year's with out here in Nebraska. I got uh, my... My home fantasy baseball league is starting to churn up again with off-season plans. Uh, You know, my rookies article came out for the MLB draft guide already, and it's already been updated based on the signing of the uh, top Korean player there uh, by the Padres. Got rankings coming out, prospect rankings coming out. NASCAR starts in like six weeks. So, yeah, it's a a pretty sweet time of year. Yeah, Hallam, how you doing, brother? Uh, guys, it's great to join you. I, uh, we're, you know, just churning out week 17 of the NFL season. Uh, you know, of course, DFS is still hot and heavy and, uh, some leagues are, are sadly still going. So put out the game previews today, wide receiver article tomorrow, and then I get a little bit of a break as the NFL playoffs. While, while things still are hot and heavy at fantasy alarm, obviously with fewer games comes a, a little bit, uh, later content. So it's, uh, I almost get to kick back and relax for a few days, uh, and and I can't think of any better way to do it than spend it with you two guys. You know, being a broadcaster, I'm very good at reading people and getting their sense via their tone that they speak in. And while Mr. Hallam was just promoting his previews for Week 17 on FantasyAlarm.com, you, you could tell Sells in his voice that, and he kind of took a little shot at Week 17, that, you know, for some reason you're still playing. I mean, you could catch my previews. They're there. If you play, why you're playing, I don't know. That's what I was gathering from that tone, Mr. Hallam Sells. I don't know if you caught on to that, but I don't yet. Yeah, you seem to, as I see you, you seem to be agreeing with that. Yeah, that was definitely a, uh, a taking a, a facetious plug. That's what we call it. A <laughs> taking, a, taking a pot shot at week 17 my, here. My no. previews are there, but. You know, what's the point of playing week 17? And Hallam, you're right, Hallam, because that's why I wanted to start. Why we're playing week 17 when the Chiefs, when the Steelers are benching their starters. The Bills might look to take starters out as well. Why deal with that, guys? You know, that's a funny thing. Like, I was thinking as we were coming, you know, coming close to the end of the season and I was counting down 14, 15, I was like, you know, week 17 is not so bad. And then we got here, I was like, Oh, people have played Patrick Mahomes the entire season. Well, you're screwed. People have had Travis Kelsey at your at your tight end all season. Oh, you're gonna have to pick up Dalton Schultz. Uh, you know. Oh, sorry. You know this. And it just so much just comes down to not only sitting players, but there's a number of teams that actually have very that might play their guys that don't have a lot of motivation uh, in this final game. Uh, you know, even not only the teams that with their their playoff seating set but there's going to be a number of bad teams 
you know, who are just counting down till the, the clock hits zero, who are going to be less motivated this week than in previous weeks. So week 17, I, I, you know, I try to be positive coming into it into the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, I wrote my game previews as if, you know, leagues are still going. Uh, but it's stupid. I, it just comes down to it. it's dumb. Your league shouldn't be playing this week. There's just so many factors that come into it. It could be the number one seed against the number two seed. And one of you is going to be probably without one or two players that got you there. And and you're going to be picking up the scrap heap on probably pretty important positions or at worst guys who really led you there. And you're not going to have them or, or they just aren't going to be motivated or they're going to, they, you know, if the Packers get a large lead against the Bears early on. You're not going to see some important people in the second half. There's just so many factors involved that makes, you know, your league playing in week 17 dumb. And I don't want to be that blunt, but that's it. It's just dumb. They should all end in week 16, uh, even with one bye this week. I'm sorry, this year. You know, the NFL changed their, their, their playoff schedule. There's only one bye, and it's still there's going to be teams that just aren't trying. The Steelers can move up to two or three, and they're still sitting Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, obviously, the Chiefs, we know they're probably going to sit most of their important players. Again, the, the Packers, maybe they sit people in the second half. It's it, There's just there's no good reason to play to Week 17 anymore. Yeah, and I mean, it's not even just the Packers. Like, what happens if the Packers are up big? Right, Seattle and New Orleans now know that they can't move up or down anywhere, so they might pull their starters in the second half. And now in a game that you thought you might get a full run of time because, you know, let's say Seattle, for example, can still get the number one seed in the NFC. If they win and Green Bay loses and New Orleans loses, Seattle's the number one seed. But what happens if Green Bay's up big on Chicago? or New Orleans is up big on Carolina. You're only going to get a half a game out of Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson because why risk injuring those guys when you already have your seed lock? So um, your point about fantasy football in Week 17 uh, rings very true to me. A couple of years ago I told the story, I think maybe last week, I was working with some colleagues um, at my previous gig, and I did not check the – the league rules before getting all involved in this and they had the championship in week 17 my team was stacked like i went i lost one week all year that's because i had about seven guys on bye week and i just didn't bother to pick anybody up because i'm not going to lose my stud players um i had basically a starter in the top 10 in every position in that league i could not play almost any of them because all of their nfl teams had already clinched spots in the, you know, clinched their seeds in the playoffs. So they didn't start any of their top guys. So I had to go and waiver wire, you know, scrounge up the guys from the waiver wires in good matchups who were still sitting there. And I wound up losing by four points. I felt pretty good about it because I, it was basically a C team. But yeah, playing uh, fantasy in week 17, not a great idea. Playing DFS, potentially a worse idea. Um, because it's just going to be a garbage heap of value that's out there. Because uh, none of these guys are adjusted properly price wise, um, and everybody's going to be on the same six people playing the full game, like Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I, I will say this: two things. One, DFS. I mean, at least by Sunday, we have a pretty decent idea of 
of who might be playing and who might not be playing and who you can avoid. But as dumb as Week 17 might be, we at Fantasy Alarm are here for you. And we are here with articles, uh, with content, with chats, and with everything else. So even if your league is dumb and plays till Week 17, <laughs> we will help you win that championship in the dumb Week 17. So yeah, you know, you know what almost helped you win? was reading Dan Malin's waiver wire piece in week That's 17. Right. Yeah, we still have you covered. And I almost won a title. Yeah. yeah. We all we all are still, it's all systems to go. I still gave a stock watch video as well for this. So it was one of those things where, look, it doesn't matter. We recognize that some of you do play a good amount of you play week 17. We just gave you reasons why you shouldn't play in week 17. And to all those that are saying, well, what about week 16? It can happen then too. Yeah, I'm all about ending leagues in week 15. I'm not in a league that ends in week 15. I mean, it can, but the likelihood over the last several seasons of having people sit in week 16 is very low. I will say the, the FA staff league did end in week 15, which I was the champion. Congratulations, Howard. Yes. Yeah, that was an epic fail for me in the staff league this year. <laughs> Cells, didn't you, wait, Cells, didn't you come in, like, last place in the Family Times Fantasy Baseball League, too? No, I did not come in last place in the Baseball League. I came in fifth. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. I thought you I thought you came in, like, last place. I no, I came in last place in the FA Fantasy Football Staff League this year because my guys couldn't stay healthy. I had Galladay and I had Michael Thomas. Um and none of those people stayed healthy nor produced very well. I think every single week my highest scoring player was Russell Wilson. Um, <laughs> that makes sense. My running backs were never good, not anywhere close to good. Um, yeah, it was just a disastrous, just a disastrous season because people got hurt early, and then I was behind the eight ball, and then it was what a fourteen-team league with some. Yeah. Fairly odd waiver pickup times and bad budget runnings and I don't know. Took a little bit to get used to, so I seem to miss out on um, some players there to be picked up early in the season. So it is what it is. On to it is. What about you, Hallam? How many titles have you won in fantasy that was football? The, that was the one. I got to be honest. Uh, the FA Staff League, which of course is a very prestigious, as we work with a, a very Great group of people, uh, so I was happy to win that one. And you know, honestly, I got. And I'm not making this a complete excuse. Uh, I play in too many damn leagues. Uh, I, I don't know that I was able to to monitor and manage to the best of my ability. I made the second round of the playoffs and Scott Fishbowl, which was nice. Uh, but the the FA staff was the one uh, championship that I won. Nice, nice. I became a back-to-back champion in a league, which was awesome, two years in a row. I won a best ball league as well that I did with some of FA Nation and some of our staff here on FantasyAlarm.com. So very excited about that. So, hey, I'll take a title. But Yeah, I may, I may have to do more best ball next year. Yeah. Uh, and forget to, it. Yes, yeah, exactly. Be like um, Ron Papil. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. By the way, guys, I've been getting, you know, ever since I've been talking on a lot of shows about shutting down waivers for those that are technically out of it but are still playing yes. in consolation brackets. The consolation people have spoken. They love their consolation brackets. It doesn't matter. Shut the waivers. They do because why? 
As as somebody who wound up in the consolation bracket, it does bolster my win total for the season. Yeah, that my sucked. Team, it shouldn't be that. My way. team put up like its four best weeks in the consolation bracket for some reason. Like it, it was a long, it was a slow burn for my team this year, and so now I can look at my record and don't feel quite so bad about it. But I mean, right. I didn't pick up anybody. I ethically don't do that because it's not my job to pick up people that could affect. Uh, somebody actually in the playoffs playing for money. Um, but, you know, my commissioner left that open, I guess. I've seen people make the moves. But um, I personally don't because, you know, I know that it, when I'm in the playoffs and there's a guy on the waiver wire, I don't want to have to compete with somebody not playing for the money to get him. Right. Right. But so, yeah, guys, now we move on to, you know, I think we next week we start thinking about different kind of playoff contests and stuff like that that you could be a part of. So we're going to take a week to think about that. So let's let's do this. Let's do this for a little cool down for 2020. So who would you say when it comes to fantasy sports, when it it could be a fantasy story, something fantasy related from any sport in 2020, what story sticks out? Good or bad? Um, me personally, I guess it would be how well NASCAR set the example for coming back quickly. Um, in terms of COVID, I mean, they shut down, yeah, but they were only shut down for about 10 weeks and then they came back and they got their entire schedule run. They had bands in the stands for several races down the stretch, including, I think, like 30,000 at Bristol. Um, during the middle of the pandemic and nobody, there was no outbreaks period. So I thought that was a pretty good, uh, story that, that some, some of the other leagues I know for a fact were reported, were watching what NASCAR was doing to get back to, to action. So I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Mine will be as much as I am not a fan of the gentleman as, uh, he was a, number one draft pick of my team, but to see Alex Smith uh, be able to come back on the field and actually not only play, but start and actually play very well for the Washington football team uh, is, is an inspiration and, uh, you know, a, a story that no matter how bad it gets, I mean, the guy almost lost his leg. The guy almost died uh, from, from the leg injury and to see him not only, you know, rehab and then, make the team and then play and then start and then throw a touchdown pass. Uh, and actually now, you know, they're a few days away and they really friggin' need him for Sunday night. Uh, <laughs> yes, over Tyler Haneke. Uh, I, I think it's hard pressed to, to top Alex Smith's story in 2020 uh, as maybe the inspirational story of the entire year, if not the entire decade, uh, if not for for quite a, a while of, of of good feeling stories, you know it was a while back you saw that video when you know we were all in quarantine of him, you know his family popping champagne that he was able to you know come off the injured list and and now to come back into play and play well, uh, you know relatively not, not necessarily from a fantasy perspective but from an NFL perspective is it, really tough to beat for me. Yeah, yeah and I, I think a lot of people took that for granted until they actually watched the. Uh, what was it, the E60 documentary on it right. that was, like, that was insane 
how much that man went through. 17 leg surgeries, almost had it amputated. Like, his wife was literally begging the doctor to cut the leg off to save his life. She's like, I don't even care about football anymore. I'll explain that to him. Like, he'll work through that. I need him. And, like, that kind of stuff just doesn't, it's real hard to top. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's for darn sure. Man, I had, like, a few in mind, and just talking about Alex Smith made me forget what I was going to say for mine. <laughs> so, wow, that, like, really made me draw a blank there. Because, yeah, no, you're right. It is a great story. And he's actually been able to help out from a fantasy side of things, too, Alex Smith, a little bit. Especially because in a few leagues, own J.D. McKissick. So I thank Alex Smith for that for the season. But they are over because I don't play in week 17. So <laughs> That's, yeah, that's not my favorite sports story. I, I'm going to say this, though, uh, when it comes to fantasy sports, and this is something that I thought was really cool. And I was a little surprised that this was not mentioned already by one of our co-hosts, but the one that I didn't forget during the Alex Smith talk that we just had was Survivor and being able to play <sighs> DFS Survivor, man. Uh, Let me tell you, dude, when it, you know, as someone who loves reality shows and started to realize they probably are backloaded six months, but then eventually we're going to run out of reality shows and then it's, we're going to have to face the pandemic DFS survivor. How <laughs> I was playing it, man. I'm a competitor. We, we did a segment on the alarm after hours show Howard Bender and I once a week. And I remember Howard came to me at one point and was like, you know, you really, and I'm like, dude, this gives people hope. This gives people something different. You like Survivor? Play a little game. FanDuel won't pay you when you win because I won one of the weeks. <laughs> but they paid you like 43 cents. Yeah, something like that. But you know what, dude? I had a freaking good time, and that got me out of my head a little bit during the pandemic because I was really down when sports went out on us in the spring. That was really tough, and man. That was like the best season because it was all winners – uh, you know, winners at war. It was epic, epic, epic season. One of the best in Survivor history. And I was writing an article there. You know, when when everything was was there was nothing left to do. And I, you know, I, I came to Howard and he's like, "Well, why don't you write about you know Survivor?" And I was like, "Yes, I, I loved it. It was awesome. <laughs> it was fun and it was stupid because you weren't like you said you weren't going to win anything. It was a free contest, but it was something to do at the time and." You know, I don't know when they're going to start filming that show again. I, I know they're having problems with Fiji and letting outsiders in. Uh, but, yeah, that was – I completely forgot about that. But, yeah, it was uh, – you know, for six or seven weeks I wrote an article about it, and it was a great time, and I can't wait for that show to come back because I run a, my own contest on it. I made it my own point system for Fantasy Survivor, and uh, I can't wait for that to come back. Yeah, it was it was hilarious to me when Howard messaged me and was like, "Hey, um, we need to put DFS Survivor and the MTV Challenge across the top menu at Fantasy Alarm because <laughs> no other sport is happening. So we have to highlight the content the content we're actually writing." So, but I also do want to give a shout out to James Grande and Greg Jewett who crushed it for KBO DFS. Yeah, like right. they won people a bunch of money. And picked it up immediately. The playbooks were fantastic. And, you know, going through just the player pools and figuring out which Chin or Lee or Nguyen 
you actually wanted to put in your lineup because, you know, I'm, I'm legitimately telling you that there was a lot of those guys in the player pool every single day because the same teams play every single day there. There's no, like, off days where some days you get certain teams and some days you don't. No, everybody plays the same exact schedules in KBO. So I want to give a shout-out to Greg Jewett and James Grande who crushed KBO during the pandemic when nothing else <laughs> The funny happening. thing was, was like when we were posting those articles, like we always had like pictures on the site and everything. And I was like, I don't know who these people are. Like, <laughs> I didn't, right, I can't photo Get- match. Yeah, and Getty Images wasn't like really big on KBO, so we we're like trying not to post the same picture every single day. But I'm not sure who, uh, you know, who their stars were. And I didn't want to put like all the American guys on there because then I felt xenophobic because like it's the Korean baseball league. I don't want to keep putting American players' pictures on it because like you know they're going over there and and they're playing. But like right. I felt like we should highlight the you know the actual Asians or Korean players playing over there. So like uh, it was uh, it was a struggle to get uh, actual like live pictures over there because I'm sure you know not many people were covering the games at the time because yeah. you know, of coronavirus. I mean, ESPN so. was, but through like three satellites and their people were yeah, in their own apartments, sitting on their couch watching the game on television. So. Uh, that was pretty interesting. I got to cover some video games this year with iRacing. When NASCAR went down, they went to yeah, iRacing. Sean Mitchell as well with Counter-Strike. Yes. Sean Mitchell has... The, the, the been... bottom line is this. I mean, we don't know what 2021 is going to bring us. 2020, the reason why that Family Times was given the green light to start was because we wanted to just generate some content out of whatever scraps that we could put together. So we don't know what's going to happen in 2021. But the point is... We've already been there with 2020, so you know we'll be ready with whatever we have to do. And once these shows come back, I have no problem whatsoever playing in these competitive leagues. So that's why I'm very excited for what 2021 has to offer. Getting the fresh face in with Ryan Hallam who's going to be with us for the next foreseeable future. It's going to be great. But guys, we still have two things left to do. We're going to do Idiot of the Week because we're going to keep Idiot of the Week going. Longest running segment on the show. So... I'm going to start, guys, as you know, and probably some of FA Nation, I'm not, I haven't been really loud about this. I've had a little bit of an injury on my face that I've been dealing with for the last two weeks. And I'm going to say the idiot of the week is going to be the receptionist at the doctor that I'm going to, (laughs) who consistently, after getting my face drained, essentially, where it's very, very painful if you've ever had it before, he sees me in pain and he goes, he goes, not so bad, right? And it's like, okay, the first time. But after the second or third time, it annoys the hell out of me. And don't try to make light of it, okay? Just let me be. I have to make a stupid another stupid appointment to get this done. I don't want to do it. It's going to charge me a copay anyway. So that guy, and his name is Adam. I don't mind calling him out. Not Adam Ronas. But he's also an idiot. But this Adam, <laughs> idiot of the week. That's a, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, when you go to the doctors and they go, yeah, this, this doesn't hurt so bad, right? Well, if it didn't, I wouldn't be here, right? Like, can we can we stop making rim shots out of my situation? Oh, right. You know. Um, go ahead, man. I, I'm, I'm going to have you. to name. I'm going to have to name the Cubs as the idiots of the week. Um, and the Rays, quite frankly. Um, what are y'all doing? Like. Blake Snell 
gets traded. He's got three years left on his deal. It's not like y'all wouldn't be able to resign him. He's already got three years left at below market value. So you trade him to the Padres, who next to the Rays have the deepest farm system in baseball. And y'all can't even get, like, I mean, you got Luis Patino, okay, but, like, you couldn't get an extra guy, like an extra top 100 prospect? Come on, Zach can't, Davies. He's like, can't do it? And then the Cubs, you trade a guy who finished second in the Cy Young and arguably should have won it because if you look at who Trevor Bauer put off his numbers against, not all that impressive. You uh, Darvish gets traded because apparently he's too expensive to keep now. And you all can't even get one of the top seven prospects from from San Diego? Really? I'm not saying who they got was terrible, but they're long-term prospects. You're going to have to hope they pan out, and you're going to have to quell your fan base who doesn't understand why you traded your best asset for basically nothing. Oh, and you got Zach Davies, which makes your pitching rotation easily the softest-tossing rotation in baseball. Like, Kyle Hendricks and Zach Davies are going to lead the Cubs rotation. Welcome to 85-mile-an-hour fastballs. The entire season. So those two clubs get my idiots of the week for making deals that I can't fault them for making trades, but they didn't get enough back. That's why they're idiots of the week. Yeah, Cubs clearly just trying to get out from under that salary as they are uh, hopefully going under, as a Cardinals fan, hopefully going under another 100-year drought. Yeah, they're trying to trade Contreras, too. Uh, yeah, and you know Chris Chris Bryant has been uh, under scrutiny for a while, so we'll see. My idiot of the week. I'm kind of surprised that that this didn't come up. Uh, how about Dwayne Haskins? Is there you uh, go. slam dunk idiot of the week. Not only the COVID generation strip club no mask on social media, uh, and then coming in and sucking so bad that he was benched for Ty- Taylor Henneke and then released. Uh, I don't know if he will find a home. I see that the Panthers are possibly looking into it. He uh, also has no agent now. Yeah, he, uh, Dwayne Haskins, <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I'm going to go with Russell Kung, who's still in his contract for Bitcoin. <laughs> yep. For God's sakes, you're all your idiots. I saw that. And yeah, he got half of his 13 mil in Bitcoin. Yeah, he's not getting paid in Bitcoin, but he's 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 putting his salary to Bitcoin after getting cash from the Panthers. So Dwayne so wait, has I Brian Forrest and Okung, you're all idiots. That's awesome. Oh, let's just go to the family table there. Yeah. I love a good Hallam rant there. That's always so fun. Hey, Sells, why don't you start? What are you bringing to the table tonight? Um, I, how do we cap off this year, man? I, I don't know. What do people need to hear? 2021 is going to be better. I don't think I have to remind yourselves. I mean, I don't think I have to remind people to switch the date on their check. Cause I think that's going to happen immediately once 2020 ends. Um, you know, I, I would say just keep looking out for the, for the great new content we've got coming out at FA. We got the draft, the MLB draft guides coming out. Uh, it already is out. You can get it for a pretty sweet deal. Um, it's a living draft guide. We update it constantly throughout the throughout the offseason based on basically every move. Um, Greg Jewett and Colby Conway are going to have great player profiles in there, all sorts of strategies in there. There's a new feature in there this year, player debates, where at least two FA experts 
are going to be on a pod together debating players you want to hear us debate. Um, That's cool. You can basically cool. guarantee one of them is going to be about Byron Buxton and Colby Conway is going to be in favor of Byron Buxton and everybody else is going to hate Byron Buxton. Um, so, yeah, pay attention to that. We got NHL rolling out here in a couple of weeks. NBA guys have been off to a very hot start this uh, this season. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, we're, we're rolling here at F.A., right into baseball and NHL seasons. You just brought a lot to the table there. Dang. That is a lot. That's the content never stops. Hey, no rest for the winners. That's what we always say. Ryan Hallam, what are you bringing to the table? Here's what I was thinking, and this is not sports related, but I know we all are dog owners. So, like, who lets out the dogs in your house? Like, Bahamas? Huh? Bahamas. <laughs> it is. It is 100% me in this house, like, unless I'm not here. So is it, is everyone, is it just me or do we share dog outside uh, responsibilities? Fancy, I know you have a puppy. Matt, I think you might have two. I have, I have two cats. I have one dog. Two cats and one dog. And, and I got a whole bunch of other things going on here too. Are we all the dog letting out people in our family or, or does it split in your houses and I'm the sucker? Split. 50-50 split. Damn it. It's generally so let me let me put it this way. My wife works outside of the home 5 days a week. Okay. So during the days it's going to be me cuz I work from home and she doesn't and somebody's got to take the dog. We have to take the dog for a walk because we don't have a fenced yard uh here at our uh apartment. But um yeah, I mean usually though on off days she's going to take the dog more than I will and then so it, it probably winds up pretty close to 50-50. Can I do one more? Yes, go for All it. All right, so it's holiday time, and and you both are of the Jewish, uh, I don't want to say persuasion, because that sounds terrible, <laughs> but you're both Jewish. So I was thinking about this earlier. I before converted, we started. actually. You converted? Okay. So I was thinking about this earlier with stockings. And I know, you know, Hanukkah, there's eight gifts over eight nights, does it like build over time and like the eighth night is like the best gift or is it just kind of like random? I honestly wanted to know this and I thought about it earlier. Okay. Please, please inform me. This is a legitimate, honest question. In my house, there was always one night where it was like, you got the bulk (laughs) of your gifts and the other nights it was like, you know, you got the things like a thing you needed, like, you know, nice new comfy socks or you got some slippers or, you know, things that you need um, and come in handy if you don't have to pay for them. And then there was one night where it was like, you know, we all got together and did the gift exchange or whatever. But it, it varies for everybody. Um, you know, we celebrate both in my household. So it kind of sometimes it gets Hanukkah runs over Christmas. And then that gets kind of confusing because you don't want to, like, give the presents on Christmas Eve and Christmas. So there's like a two day break. And I, don't know, I mean, it differs for everybody, at least for me. Okay. So I feel like with with me growing up, it, it was very easy to make night one the best gift because normally for me it would be like I get the wrestling ring night one and two wrestlers. <laughs> and then I get another one like each night and stuff like that. So and then I get like some of the accessories on the final night. Right. So yeah. it was it'd be stuff I, I would say normally growing up, my my wife and I actually do not do Hanukkah gifts. Okay. So we do yeah, not Yeah, we we don't I usually don't do Christmas gifts with 
my wife and our I guess our thought process is that the money's coming out of the same pool anyway. So yeah, we my thought well process is I'm her gift. Oh <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> um, you know, so this this year I'm doing a little something for the wife because she's had she's been uh, considered an essential worker this year because she works. Uh, she's a manager at a at a pet store. Uh, so, she, you know, dogs got to eat too. So she's been there. Can't, you know, do that job from home. So we're going to spoil her a little bit this does year. She but normally, get, uh, does she get a discount on dog food? Yes. Nice. I figured the that. only reason, the only reason we can have our dog, two cats, two fish, a guinea pig and a fire belly toad is because everything we buy is cheaper. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, we're bringing <laughs> Not a lot. Including my kids. <laughs> we're bringing a lot to the table and here's the deal now this is something that i'm, I'm going to bring to the table and this is going to be something very interesting and controversial that's been the trend with me the last few weeks so here's what i'm going to say there are a lot of people that say things behind a screen that they wouldn't say to someone's face and i don't like that i never respected that it's it's not even saying to the face to even make it 2020 friendly then it's even saying on the phone you'll have no problem tweeting out or messaging someone not nice things in a not nice manner but you won't say it to their face on the phone and that doesn't add up and so that brings me to this and that's if you are someone and these are only to these people if you are someone that goes after a fantasy analyst when they're wrong or they give you bad advice on Twitter or any kind of messenger service, then you have to thank them when they're right. If you're going to go after them when they're wrong and you're going to message them and you're going to attack their knowledge, you're going to attack their decision-making, you're going to attack their character personally, which is completely unnecessary and unacceptable, then when they're right, you should be thanking them for their advice. And I'm not trying to get any kind of pity party or anything like that. This never really happened to me. I'm just saying if you have, if you're someone that's going to call the analyst out for being wrong, when that analyst is right, you give them that, their damn props. That's what I'm going to say. What's fair hey, is fair. Hey, Fensty, we have some yeah. history being made in the NBA right now. What's going on? Becky Hammond is the first woman to act as head coach during an NBA regular season game. Oh wow! What happened with Pop? Did he get kicked he got, out? He got ejected. She found out he, she was taking over when he pointed to her on the way out and said, "You got yes. it." This is according to Dave McMenamin as of about seven minutes ago. Well, you know, you know what? Wednesday it makes night. Total sets. No, it may look. Becky Hammond has a lot of experience. She's yep. at WNBA. She's been on the sidelines with the Spurs, with arguably one of the best head coaches of the last twenty years. And you know what? I bet you that when Pop does retire, probably in the next year or two, she's going to take over. Oh, I fully agree. I think there's reasons why they haven't let her go interview for other positions. And when Tim, when Tim Duncan resigned, that pretty much secured that right there. Yep. So, so. That's, that's awesome. So that's something else we'll bring to the table. So kind of just like we're seeing in baseball, then now seeing it more in basketball too. So it just shows... People most qualified should get the job. Becky Hammond has worked her ass off, busted her ass, and being behind Pop. And technically, she was a co-head coach last year when Pop got ejected. But now, right. solo. So 
very nice to see. So I wish the guys a very happy new year. We will be back with you in 2021 for next year. Even when the quarantine eventually ends in 2023, we'll probably still be with you as well. <laughs> for Matt Sells, Ryan Hallam, I am Justin Fensterman. Happy new year to all be safe and always dominate. No other option. And through 2021 and beyond, continue to just win.